Hi listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, aka FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families will be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. Thank you very much. You may be seated. It's a privilege to be in the midst of you this afternoon, this morning. I'm trying to awake. I'm not so much of a morning person, so in the mornings I struggle. I have three stages of waking up. And uh, I realized that in Ghana, you know, we start our day very early. In Denmark, you know, Sundays we relax. And uh, the earliest time a church starts in Ghana is around 10 30. Yeah, it's. That's around that time, basically. Saturdays and Sundays to relax. So anytime I'm here, I have to really try to, you know, shift my mind into it. But I'm getting used to it. I'll be fully awake when the service is about to end. <laughs> so just bear with me. But it's a privilege to be in the midst of you this morning. And like Pastor Ross said, we met about five years ago through Brother Sipi, who uh, was transferred to Denmark. You know for a mission and uh, he stayed with us for I think three years four years and then he left but I thank God because whilst he was there he became our uh, music director and then he left so we bonded I think it, four years is enough to know somebody and it's surprising that I believe that he has not finished his work in Denmark so God is bringing him back again so this time when I'm going back, I'm going with him again. Amen. We get on so well. Just I don't like the beard is growing. And especially the wife. I'm always talking. I'm not the wife, but I just don't like it. We've been debating about it. He's telling me the reasons why. I know that in your journey, I'm sure you are looking at your pastor. I learned it's a new trend now for the young ones. Is that so? Let me check all the young ones. Everybody seems to be having beards. My, my father told me that a gentleman doesn't grow beard. But in your, gen, your generation, it's like, you know, and then the longer, the weirder it looks. It's, it's in vogue. Well, I, ladies, do you like the men with the beard? Oh, my God. I thought you'd say no so that we can have clean shape. But I bring you also greetings from Denmark. And like Pastor Ross said, I'm married. I have a roommate that um, we've been serving together in that you know, that's dungeon for, um, uh, I think, 32 years. Ah, I've been married for a long time. It's like all my life I've been married. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have three children, one boy and two girls, and Carol happens to be the last of the three children. Amen. Um, I'm also here with my a nephew that is taking me around so that I don't get lost in Ghana. And that's Mas. He's with me this afternoon. Oh, this morning. I have to shift my brain with this timing. But it's a, an honor to share the way. I love the word of God. And that is because I know that whatever I'm doing now is just purely by grace. It's just by grace. I'm somebody who never imagined myself to be in ministry and moreover to be 
a pastor's wife. I mean, there are certain areas I felt that it's meant for, you know, other people except me. I love just being to church. I felt that church people, they talk too much. So I just want to be in church and then enjoy myself. I really do not want anything to do with the front row. So when I was in church as a young fellow, I really did not do very much in church. I was a Presbyterian by birth. When I got to secondary school, then I joined a charismatic church. It took me time to transit into the way the charismatics do their things. But one thing I did not know to do is to dance. I wasn't a party girl, you know, a disco girl. I was a film girl. I liked going to the films. So when I came to church and they were dancing, it's, it's a bit awkward for me. So I liked to sit behind. But I love going to church because... When I first went to church, the charismatic church, I realized that I wasn't as beautiful as I thought. I found out many of the girls were very, very beautiful. So I said, oh, okay, if all these beautiful girls are serving God, then why not? That's the reason why, you know, I joined that church, you know. You know so you can already imagine my life at that time. I really didn't care a lot. So I just stayed behind. My pastor used to always talk about doing something in the church, doing something. And it was becoming obvious that I wasn't doing anything. So I made a decision to join the hospital visitation team, which only went out on Sundays. And it's a very small ministry in that nobody will see me. And then I met this guy, you know, that later on became my roommate. And at a program, and then he was actively involved in church. He was the praise and worship leader, you know, at that time in a, a group that was well-known in Ghana called the Carry Road. He was their music director. Um, and then fast forward, somehow we married, and I got myself in, in Denmark. You know, then somewhere along the line, of course, he was more spiritual than I am. And I'm a bit smart, so I felt that marrying this guy will give me a prayer warrior in the house. But then I have plans also for him that uh, he's, he's going to, he was studying a, in what do you call it, um, um, uh, you know, what, 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 was, what was your father studying? Huh? A Greek, yes. So, <laughs> you know, I was hoping that, you know, having located to Denmark, one day we're going to get a farm because he, he had a, an exchange program and he was working on a farm. So I was hoping that one day we'll work on a farm and, you know, have some horses, riding horses. And, you know, if you are here and don't dream, then you'll see me afterwards, especially if you're a lady. And I have all this big imagination for him. You know, I don't know what he has for himself, but I had a lot for him. Then somewhere along the line, this guy comes around and said, I believe that God is calling me to be a pastor. I said, no, you can't be a pastor. No. No, you can't be a pastor. Because if you become a pastor, obviously, you know, I have to become. And I hated that word also for mommy. I mean, no, 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 I don't want to be a, I said, no, no, you can't be a, you, you just, let's continue what we are doing. Remain as a praise and worship leader and be in ministry and everything. But to be a pastor, I don't know. I don't think God will call you to be a pastor. Because God knows that me, I cannot. I want to wear my miniskirts, I want to come to church, and then what, to, to mother or children, no, 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 not that. I mean, as humanly as I'm saying it, it's not, it, was, it, was, you know, it was not easy. I was so vexed. Uh, and I said, if I knew that 
you one day become a pastor, first of all, I will marry you. Because the, all the pastors that came my way, I bounced them because they were pastors. You know, and so, I, I mean, no, 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 we, we can't get to that direction. You know, then we came on vacation and all the friends, everybody. At that time, Calvary Road had become, a, what do you call it, a, a church. So many of the friends had been ordained as pastors and everybody started, oh, so for mommy and I was so annoyed. I was very, very annoyed. I was like, this word is too big to be also for mommy. I mean, like, you know, those days I saw them as like too old. So bearing that name will automatically make me look old. And I don't want to be old. I was somebody at the age of 30. When I turned 30, I cried. I was so sad that I've become 30 years of age. I mean, you know, if at that time I, I know what I know now, I'll be taking the anti-aging medicine. <laughs> my, my friends, you know, when we, we, when we talked, you know, it's like something. I mean, like, I got married at 27. I'm sure some of you are already calculating my age. At the age of 27, I'm married. And I was like, oh, I have to wait. No, this is not time for children. If I ask a matter of fact, my mother even did not even think that I would want to have children. I was so much about myself, myself. And so when we came back from the honeymoon, I found out that I was pregnant after I think three months or so. I didn't even know I was pregnant. I was so annoyed. I was very, very annoyed. That's when the doctor realized I was not happy. He said, oh, Denmark abortion is legal. And that's when I realized that what I was doing was not good. But today I think back and I was like, what was I thinking of? At the age of 27, you are married, you have a child, you are going to have a child at the age of 28. And I was, and today as a counselor, you know, I'm encouraging people to marry early. What am I trying to say this afternoon? We are dealing with a topic, purpose. What is your purpose on earth? Who are you on earth? What, have you, what is your assignment? On earth, especially in the area of the things of God. Hallelujah. Father, we just want to exalt your holy name this morning. Father, we thank you for give, granting us a new day. Father Bervo, we thank you for being in your sanctuary, that we are not in the mortuary or we are not in the cemetery. We are grateful. We thank you that we slept and we woke up again. Father, we thank you for the provision of life and even for taking us through the morning, even to bring us this far. Father, take all the glory. Father, we commit this service into your hands. May your Holy Spirit breathe over us. Anoint this place. Let this place be a place of your presence. May none of us leave this place the same. We forbid every plans of the enemy. And we ask the Lord himself to be over this ministry. We give you thanks and we give you glory. Amen. In the year 2002, a popular book merged out. I'm sure maybe Pastor Rod and maybe Brother C.P. may know. Uh, titled Purpose Driven Life. It became quite a popular by Rick Wagner. And this book, I mean, many churches use it as a study book. I'll just extract one or two phrases from the, that book, you know, as I minister this uh, morning. But in the book of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 11, the Bible says that thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory 
and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. God created all things including you and I. And he said that for the pleasure, for his pleasure he created them and they were. And therefore as human beings I believe that our first and foremost purpose on earth is to know God is to have an intimacy, is to have, you know, a relationship with him. I'm happy that this church is a family church. Amen? Amen. No, because when we understand the word family, it goes beyond just a casual relationship. Family sticks together. Sometimes you don't like your family members, but that's what God has made you. I believe that today with the technology that we get to see, the world, many of us would have wanted to be born maybe an American, a Kenyan, or whatever. Yes, I mean, sometimes it's, it's amazing to realize that, you know, what you don't know is what you desire to have. Some people would rather want to be Kenyans, Ugandans, and Tanzanians, Nigerians, and most of all, many Africans want to be Europeans. And many Europeans also want to become Africans. Recently, I saw a lady, I think she may be an, a Russian origin, and she's even gone to the extent of injecting herself to become black. She's looking very black, and is supposed to, she's supposed to go for every three months to have herself in, injected to become black. So on, in, this, in this world we live in, I believe that God cannot please any of us. <laughs> God cannot please us. Some time ago, if you're a lady and you have big boots, it's like, hey, today is a fashion. Today, girls are doing everything. What once upon a time people were going to reduce, it's become something. Men are changing themselves. And so long as you live on this earth, there comes a time in your life that you ask yourself, who am I? What's my purpose on earth? And if you don't get the foundation right, you will get it twisted. And that's why today we see so many people confused. So the writer was talking about the fact that there are five principles in this purpose-driven life. Because God wants to redeem human beings from Satan and reconcile them to himself so that we can fulfill the five principles or five purposes for which we were created. Amen. And then there are five principles that he mentioned in the book. Maybe you'll go back and says to love God, to love him, to be part of his family, to become like God, and to serve him, and to tell others about him. Amen. You are to love God. If you are looking at, about your purposes on, on, on earth, is to first of all, and that's why I believe that we focus as Christians on salvation. Salvation brings you to that place where you have a relationship with God. You enter into that place where you love God because he first loved us. To be part of God's family, the kingdom family of which we are all part of this. And then to become like him, to serve him and to tell others about him. Amen. In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, 
I want to read from the easy to read version. And I just want you to pay close attention to the narratives from the easy to read version. It says, remember your creator whilst you are young. Before the bad times come, before the years come, when you say, I have wasted my life. Amen. The Bible says, remember your creator whilst you are young. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you look very young. Not look here, you are young. So this is mainly for you. There are one or two, a little bit. You know, but we still look here. I look very young. I, I don't want to grow old. So for me, I'm very young. <laughs> it's a remember your creator while you are young before the bad times comes before, uh, come. The years come when you say, I have wasted my life. The verse 2 says, remember your creator whilst you are young before the time comes when the sun and the moon and the stars become dark to you. Before problems comes again and again like one storm after another. Verse 3 says, the time your arms will lose their strength. Listen carefully. At the time your arms will lose their strength, your legs will become weak and bent. Your teeth will fall out. Some of you, you are young, but your teeth are falling out. But I want you to remember that as we grow, there will be a time that you become weak. Not by virtue of the fact that you are sick, but by the fact that you are growing. Amen. He says that your teeth will fall out and you will not be able to chew your food. That is true. I want you to think about what I'm saying. It is very true. There's a time that is coming that you will not be able to chew your food because your teeth are falling out. Of course, we thank God for technology, the dentist and season. Your eyes will not see clearly. Some, some of you people are already wearing glasses, wearing contact lens. Don't be fooled. I'm, I use contact lenses. <laughs> I use contact lenses. So your eyes will not see clearly. And so then you will become hard of hearing. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. You have grandmothers, you have mothers. That is the reality of life. You will become hard of hearing. You will not hear the noise in the streets. Even the stone grinding your grain will seem quiet to you. You will not be able to hear the women singing. But even the sound of a bird singing will wake you early in the morning because you will not be able to sleep. That is true. Many people, when you start growing old, you cannot sleep. You'll be afraid of high places. Some of you are already afraid of heights. I used to wear, let me see, you know, maybe even a bit uh, uh, longer than what my sweetheart is wearing, high heels. For the last five years, I realized I keep on decreasing the, the, the you know, the, the, the size. Now, I check. So, in case you want to buy me a shoe, I prefer three and a half inches or, you know, three and a half, three and a half, yeah, ten centimeters. That's about that, right? 
that's not true. 10 centimeters is still high. No, no, then I'm not getting it right. That's about two and a half inches. That's about five centimeters, right? I don't mind calculating. So, there, here the word of God is telling you that you come to a place when you will be afraid of heights. Amen. You want to uh, be as low as possible. You'll be afla- afraid of high, uh, high places. You'll be afraid of tripping over every small thing in your path. Your hair will begin to become white like the flowers on the almond tree. You'll drag yourself along like a grasshopper when you walk. You will lose your desire and then you will go to your internal home. That's to the grave. The mornings will gather in the streets as they carry your body to the grave. This is the description of man. The Bible said that whilst you are young, that is when you have to remember God. Not only to remember God, but also to remember to do something for yourself. Amen. Because there is a time coming when the strength you have, you will not be able to have it. I remember that when I was young, I really don't like sleeping too much. You know, it's like you want to be awake because life is so gloomy. I mean, things are, things are happening. When you sleep, you know, it's boring. But today, I have to be woken up by alarm. It comes to a place where you are tired. You, you know, it's like the strength you have. I used to walk, I used to come home very late when the area is quiet, when everybody is asleep and you can hear my heels on the road. Especially when I come to visit my, my grandmother at Sosu, you know, they, you know, those people, they sleep very early. You know, by six o'clock when the sun is going down, they all go into the room with the chicken and everybody. I mean, nines, big nines will be walking. Those days, you know, not too many cars on the roads like this. So when you take a car, you take, you drop on the way and then you walk home. That was a very good exercise. But today, it's like, you know, you are checking your time. Oh, I have to go. When you have the strength that God has given to you, that is when you need to give yourself to the things of God. And I'm very happy for you as a ministry. I'm very happy that since the last time, the first time I met Pastor Rod and I came for your conference, seeing young, young, young people for, on fire for God. And it is a gift. It is a gift that you not find in Europe. It is a gift that you not find in places. Don't, don't, don't have it twisted that the, the father, you have energy. You, 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 you have been ministered to. You know God. It's, it's a gift because there are people who don't know Christ, who, who want to be like you, but they can't be like you. God created you for his purpose. And that is why we need to come to that place of serving God with all our hearts. Today, I look back and I wish I have served God more than I'm doing now. It's for me, titles and things doesn't matter to me now. What matters to me now is how many souls I'm attaching to my name. Because that is the only thing I'll go to my grave with. I'm believing God that when I get into his kingdom, there will be young girls, old girls, you know, young boys, old boys that will be able to say that this woman led me to Christ. 
This woman disciples me. Yesterday we had the privilege to launch the young um, uh, ladies, you know, the young adult ladies of the women of Destiny Wind called Ad Adasa. You know, and I'm looking forward to bringing up young ones because I was once upon a time a young person. Without any direction, nobody directed me. That's why I made some of the decisions I made. Like, for instance, I was telling you earlier on that I was like, you know, when I marry, I'll wait, I'll do this. Which many of you, because you don't have direction. There's no people there to talk to. Yes, I was in church. I had a mother. But how many of you at this your age listen to what your parents tell you? You listen, you hear, but you won't do it anyway. You understand? And you know, when you are in that peak, life is before you and you think that tomorrow will never come. You will never grow. You will forever become the way you are. You understand? Carol looks at the brother who is about eight years older than she is. And then she, she thinks the brother is too old. So she was telling us the other day that I will not date a boy that is my brother's age. No, no, my brother is too old. But now... Young of the young children in the church are also looking at her and think that she's old. You, you see how unfair life is. You know, some of them are already calling their Auntie Clara, Auntie Carol, or sister. You know, you, you, whether you like it or not, there are certain things that you cannot run away from. And when we understand, in as much as we don't want to, you know, accept it, they are reality. You are growing old. You understand? The man, you are growing old. That's why you are growing bald. It's not because, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not a fashion. I mean, we thank God for fashion that is covering up for you. But the reality is that your hair is falling off. You understand? You know, one of my nieces was asking the mother that why is it that your big sister doesn't have gray hair? Then I say, yes, ask your, my, my younger sister. I don't have gray hair because I have a good saloon hairdresser. My hairdresser is very good. Very good. So when I go there with my gray, I come back very black. You understand what I'm talking about? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So don't worry. As for age, it will get to you. Don't worry. You know, you, you don't worry, but we thank God there are ways and means that we can, you know, cover up. And I like the men that, you know, today, it is very difficult to tell who a bald man is. Because fashion has made it, and even it's becoming more of a trend that the girls like the Sakura hair. You understand? You see, but whilst we live on earth, I mean, the reason why I try to be you know, not make church complicated. Church is already complicated. People come. When I used to go to Presby Church, you go, you, you want to tiptoe into the, you know. And I've never to date understood the Anglican style of service. My mother uh, was an Anglican. All the time we followed my mother to church once in a while. My father insisted that we were brought up Presbyterians because he, he was a Presbyterian. But once in a while we followed my mother. And I don't understand. The kneeling down, the sign of the cross, and the burning of incense. And recently when she died and we came, they burned too much incense. I've, I've, I really don't understand those things. But what we need to understand is our relationship with God. I was brought up a Presbyterian, and I went to a Presbyterian school. It was a must 
that you'll be at church on Sunday and you'll be marked. Register will be taken and then Mondays, if, if you're absent in church on Sunday, you'll be punished. But until the time you come to that realization that you personally need a personal relationship with God, all these things become meaningless. It becomes a routine. And that's why some people, you know, we come to a place where we are like, we don't want to go to church. Or maybe if something little happens, we backslide. If something little happens, like you are off the track. But here we stand this afternoon, and then we are looking at the fact that we have been apportioned a time in life. Even if we live up to about 80, 90 years, there comes a time within which you will not be able to do much. And that is why you look at yourself to decide that I'm going to work hard to serve God. In the same book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, I want us to go to Ecclesiastes. I love that place. It makes us aware of the fact that in this life, there's nothing like, oh, I'm not lucky or I'm not favored. It's about chance and it's about time. Amen. In the Ecclesiastes chapter 9, from verse 10, the Bible says that what, whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your minds. For there's no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Then the verse 11 says, well, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the man, men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chances happens to them all. Time and chances. When I understood the fact that in life it's about the timing, it's about the chances, it's about the opportunity. Every one of you at a point in time will have the opportunity to get a chance. You, you, an opportunity will be created. You, maybe you meet somebody. Maybe somebody will may, maybe introduce you. I tell my children all the time that be nice to people. Be friendly. I mean, you know, go out of your way to, to be nice. We were traveling one time together with Carol from Denmark to um, America. And when we got to UK, we were transiting. So that was a long wait. Then I saw this a little bit elderly woman coming, and I could see from her face that she was very tired. She was dragging her hand luggage and the bag and everything. Instantly, I approached her, and then I gave her services. And Carol was wondering why, you know, these days, it's not something you should be a bit, you know, careful. I'm not suggesting, I mean, be led, because, I mean, I know that people are also taking advantage of the fact that people can be kind on them, and then they get you into trouble, most of the time, especially picking people's luggages and holding things for them. I've seen it very much, and it's gotten people. But my instinct told me just to assist this woman. And when I assisted her, I made sure that she sat very well, we're not sitting together, so from time to time, I will get up to her place, check on her and everything. And she was so gracious to the father I paid attention to. Up to today, we became friends. And, I mean, when she returned back to Ghana, 
When I got to the stairs, we parted. The, she was delayed a little bit, so we came out. And then I approached a guy waiting. I asked the guy, were you waiting for this woman? She said, yes. I said, I didn't get a chance to collect her telephone number, so I'm sure that she wouldn't mind me having a number. So we exchanged numbers, and when I got to the home I was visiting in the States, it happened that they also knew the woman. This is a very small world. You know, they knew her. She was attending a wedding which they were going. So from that day, we became friends, and anytime I'm in Ghana, she visits me, and we are connected. You, 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 you just go out of your way. I, I tell young people, especially young ladies, where, you know, we are prone to, like, show off and have a little bit of pride and, you know, everything is about us and, you know. I mean, I have, I have been through that all and it does not pay. Yesterday, humorously, I was sharing with the young girls there. And let me share with you young girls. I mean, in my, those my age, when I was quite young, when a guy proposes to me or maybe showed interest to me, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be sorry, especially if I'm not interested in you. I mean, we will ridicule you. But I mean, you'll become the laughing stock. Everybody around me will know that, you know, this guy proposed. I was very naughty, very, very naughty. And that's why I knew that if Christ had not found me, the devil, I would have been a very good candidate for the devil. So this guy, very, you know, learned guy, a student. At that time, he was even a teaching assistant at Legon. He showed interest in me. And I, it was like, oh, this guy made my day. I loved, I told my friends, and, you know, we'll position ourselves, me, my friends. And then when he's passing, I would laugh at him. I mean, we were just terrorizing the guy. So one day he just called me and said, Clara, come. I went and, you know, doing my thing. Then he said, ah, what is wrong? He said, guys, you, I thank God for people who are very learned. He said, ah, it's a guy's duty to propose to a girl. And it's a girl's duty to say yes or no. So if you don't, you are not interested, why should you be making a big fuse about that? That what he said, it really went into that my coconut head. I was like, it's true. I mean, if guys are not proposing, I'll be sad and I'm sorry, nobody's in that too. Now people are proposing, it's a problem. I became sober and, you know, the next time I told my like, hey, now we stop that. And from that day, I stopped. Believe it or not, this same guy that we used to laugh at, at that time when my beloved got the scholarship to go to Denmark for the exchange program, he had the visa, he had everything, he didn't have the cash. I didn't, obviously, I didn't have the cash as well. So now we have to go and try to borrow. Who borrowed the money? Who borrowed us the money? The guy I was be laughing at. <laughs> the story. The, the guy, he was a tear. He was any money. He, he, he had the money. Then I went to see him. And then I said, Latte, you know, then I started telling, you know, and it's good. When somebody likes you, if, if the person does not get to that stage, the person still likes you, unless the person is just not, just not interested. He was so gracious. He borrowed the money until this guy went and worked and paid back. I'm talking to you about relationship. I'm talking about the way we relate to people in life. 
You must have a purpose. You must have a reason. And these are the things that have changed my perception. It's changed my way of thinking. I pay attention to people. Because naturally, people look at me and they think that I'll be a bluff. I'll, you know, I'll show off. I'll be this. So I make a conscious effort to relate to people. And that is why when it comes to the things of God, my travel, my testimony, especially with young girls, you know, maybe there are that I don't know. Nobody at, at this moment, or I've heard anybody say that, oh, Pastor Clara, you know, is, she's proud or she's so-so. When I go to the high places, I go to the high places. When I go to the low places, I go to the... I, I am able to, you know, identify with people all for the sake of the kingdom. All for the sake of the God. I can sleep anywhere you want me to sleep, even though, you know, I have places. I'm standing here this afternoon. My heart is really going out to you, young ones, that there's a time allocated to every one of us. And let's make profit. Let's make a good use of the time. The Bible says there's a time, there's a chance that has been given to all of us. Sometimes we look back and we say, oh, maybe this person is from a rich home. Or maybe this person, because the, the, the parents are abroad, the relatives are abroad. I grew up in a family that we are a big extended family. Time will not permit me to really tell you the genesis of my family. But big. When I was growing up, many of my uncles, my aunties, they were abroad. But not one person helped anybody. Not one. At least maybe they helped other people, but not within my circles. You know, I found myself where I am, I believe, by the grace of God. So sometimes in life, it's not about maybe where you are coming from necessarily. Maybe your family, whatever. Today we have this family as a church. And you'll be amazed that you'll find more consolation. You'll find more happiness. You'll find more home in this place. You understand? You'll find more fulfilling you, your life begins to have a meaning. You see, we are in a race. The Bible said the race is not to the swift. When you watch athletics, sometimes when the marathon, or maybe the 100 meters, or maybe 200, sometimes the one that takes the lead is not necessarily the one who finishes the race. He said the battle is not to the strong. We have seen people, we know the story of Goliath and David. The bread to the wise, not riches to the men of understanding. I am so convinced that any one of you sitting down here, if you believe, you'll be great in the future. If you put your plans and your purpose and be diligent in what you are doing, don't conform to the norm, don't conform to the way the system is working. And since if there should ever be a change in Ghana, I believe God is counting on you. God is looking at you for a change. I was telling the young girls yesterday that look at for us to see a better Ghana, the change is going to happen with your generation, your mindset. You have so much knowledge. When you look at the internet, you are in the in the, a time that you no, know, you don't many have not traveled, but when you talk, when you act, it's as if you, you've been born outside because you, you have been cultured by the things you you've decided not to conform yourself to the standard of your environment do not allow where you live or where you were born to define you you have to define yourself in christ in christ you are more than a conqueror in christ you are more than able to do a city above more than you can think or imagine if you are here this afternoon or this morning and your mindset is little 
I pray that you change the way you think. May you begin to dream big. May you look at yourself as somebody who can do bigger. You know, I pray for my children. I pray for my church members that they should do exploit more than I'm doing. If I want 1,000 souls, they should be able to want 10,000. If I build two houses, they should build four houses. You should bring yourself to that place. It's not gone at the days where it's like you cannot be greater than your teacher. But how many of you are greater than your teachers? Many of us, our teachers remain where they are. But we went higher and, and they are happy for us. And that's why we need to be happy. I'm challenging you this afternoon, this morning, as you're sitting down here as young with energy. Find something to do. There are things in the system you can do. Apart from serving God, giving yourself to the things of God, worshiping God, what you also need to do is to take life as it comes. Just even, you know, sometimes it's the little things that matters. When you live in Europe, you begin to appreciate, you know, money. Because even when you go to the shop and you are short of maybe one krona, maybe one CD. One CD is, is bigger, you know, the smallest denomination. Persuas, they price their things like all the time they would leave that last small pieces of the coin. And they know that you said, okay, mostly 199999, you know, that change is like you many people walk off and you'll be amazed at the end of their sales how much that small coins as uh, they've collected you know that is the way we devalue the little things that God gives to us today when you travel in the air and everything just before you land they will tell you that you know there's a donation and the donation is all the leftover coins it's not about the paper any coins at hand put it inside when you go through the uh, the the airport launches and they have big glasses down encouraging you to put the coins because they realize that it works have you seen a child savings they get these small boxes they put down put coins inside and sometimes when they take you to the bank it's a lot of money the little things in life is that what matters. We are looking for greater heights. You are waiting for an uncle to give you 10 million, 100 million, 10,000 before you do something. People give you 500, we don't appreciate nothing. But it's the little things that matters. Your purpose in life should not, you should not be defined, your purpose in life by the big things you get. You should define your purpose in life by the little things you get. I'm challenging you this afternoon, as young as you are, that God has empowered you to do something. Somewhere along the book, again, the writer writes, a purpose-driven life person, a purpose-driven life person knows no boundaries of failures. When you are, have a purpose-driven life, when you have your purpose is, is, is for life to do something, there's no boundaries, there's no failure too big to tackle people look at situation and they define like oh this is too much for me but when you are driven in life with a purpose there's no boundaries in life there's no failure too big that you cannot tackle therefore a purpose driven person pursue the dreams and goals no matter the cost you need to pursue your dreams and you need to pursue your goals no matter the cost he says, well, they also tend to be 
want to talk about life into other people and to assist them in developing themselves. When you are a purpose-driven person, you talk life into people. You speak life into them and then you assist them to develop. And I believe that that is what your pastor is doing. You need to come to that place that your purpose in life will be defined not only to yourself but to others. As you go along, you want others to come with you. And it is a privilege to be a Christian because with God on our side and with our faith, we are able to do more. Today, I think that when I came to the understanding, when I, I came to that place, I was telling you earlier on, the way I rejected the things of God, I came to that place even to tell my husband that, you know, I don't believe this at all. And in fact, I was so notorious that, you know, at that time, I could have just done anything. But God being so good, one day in my anger, I just look at him and I said, go pray about this you are talking to me about. And let God speak to me. After you have fasted, I gave him three months. I said, you fast three months. And then let God speak to me. I mean, can you imagine? I can say things. These days I may be careful. <laughs> I mean, those days, you know, and I, I really, ladies, if you are here, here and you're, you're beloved, he can't relate your dances. That's the first time to let, let that guy go. You know, when you are dating somebody and the person loves you, hey, your, your, your yes is his command. He, he, anything you say, if he, if, if, if he doesn't, you know, I mean, I always laugh. I mean, my, my husband at the time we are dating, he never wanted me to be annoyed. He, he was so afraid that, you know, I will, run, I will leave him. So everything, even when I do wrong, he will say yes. You know, so I told him, I said, you go, go, go and, and pray and fast. And I really thank God. As to whether he fasted, as to whether he prayed, I do not know. But some way, God touched my heart. I changed my way of thinking. I changed the way I softened my heart. And I began to experience God for myself. The greatest revelation and encounters I've had is at, was at those times. I remember in Denmark, in the beginning, because remember when I left here, I was just a church member, a church goer. I just went and came. But when I came to that place where I have begun to have an encounter, I mean, nobody would tell me that God is not real. There were times I can be in my room and God would convict me of this and that and that. Those things, in my eyes, I felt that they were okay. When you have that personal relationship with God, you understand that the word of God works and God is real. It changed me. I, I, I changed my definition on life. If you realize this year, by next year, by God's grace, we'll be celebrating 30 years in ministry as a church. And the women of destiny is, will be celebrating 23 years this year. You could see between the time of the church starting and the time of the birthing up of the women of destiny. And that is because within those period, I did not want to do anything. I, did, I was like, I didn't even have anything to offer the women. But when God touched my heart, I came to that place where I ran with the things of God. I'm, there's nothing now that can stop me. 
And through that, I've been able to travel to places. I mean, time will not permit me not to boast, but to propagate the gospel, not in a violent way, not in any, but in the simplicity. Ladies, people have been charged. Maybe you are here this afternoon. Maybe you, the message has not come to you in your way that's normally presented. I believe I've come in this simplicity so that you understand the words of God, that it will resonate in your heart, that it will change you. Because I believe there are people here that God is beckoning on you to surrender all your life, to bring yourself to that place that God will be able to use you fully. Our first and foremost purpose in life, I believe, is to know God and to serve God. The Bible says that time and chances has been given to us all. Maybe you are here, you are struggling, even about the faith. Maybe you, you are not too sure about your purpose in the Lord. I believe the Lord will speak to your heart. I believe God will touch you to understand. Today, there are so many fashions. There are so many callings. There are so many pools. But I believe God, in the midst of all, will be able to speak to you. With every head bowed this morning, maybe you are here and you don't have a relationship with God. That will be the first and foremost foundation that you love him you only love god you love people that you know you today maybe it's your first time it's your second time maybe you've been coming and you want to have a relationship with god if you are here like that i just want you to raise your hand You've never asked the Lord to come into your heart. You've never accepted the Lord as your Lord and Savior. Your sins have not been forgiven. You struggle with your faith. Maybe you are here like that. Before we do anything further, I just want you to raise your hand. Hallelujah. The second call is to people, maybe you are here this morning, and then you know, you know that. You have confessed the Lord as your personal and savior. But somewhere along the line, you missed it. You're off track. And you want to reconcile back to the Lord. You want to reconcile back to the Lord. If you are here like that, I'd like you to raise your hand. You want to reconcile to the Lord. Maybe you are here this morning. And you know from your heart that you have left the faith. Your, your, your desire to serve God or your desire to love God is not the same way that it used to be. And you want to reconcile. Can you raise your hand? Hallelujah. There's another category that the Holy Ghost is impressing upon my heart. You have become weak in your reading your word and in your prayer. You have become weak in reading the word and in prayer. We are living in a time now when, when we wake up in the morning, it's so hectic. So even to make a little time with God becomes a problem. And this has gone on and on. And I believe the Lord wants to empower you. 
I would like you to just lift up your hands if you are in that category. Your prayer life, your word life, these two areas is becoming weak and weaker every day. And you want to touch in that area. If you are here like this, lift up your hands. Just lift up your hands. Hallelujah. I believe this is a day of re restoration. This is by no means God wanting to disgrace you, but he wants to reconcile you. I felt so free in my spirit this morning that I know that God wants to touch you as a church. Because God is raising people of the land. People that will run with the gospel. People that will be fearless about the gospel. And God is touching you. Hallelujah. I've seen those hands. I'm just going to pray for those who lift up those hands. And I'm going to ask the Lord to touch you. Touch you that that desire, that test, that anger after the things of God is just going to come. Just going just make a date with the Lord. A place of prayer, reading the, every morning, every morning, say, God, before I leave this room, I want to talk to you. Look at it like when you get a beloved. Early in the morning, you want to talk, you want to test. It's the same place God wants you to bring you. God wants to bring you where when you wake up in the morning, before you do anything, you just open your Bible you read and you pray maybe a short time maybe a short this foundation will lead you places father i thank you for those who lift up their hands acknowledging the fact that they are weak in their prayer life and their word life and they want a touch father by the help of the holy spirit touch them touch them right now i pray that grace will abound on them that from today the desire the desire to know you and the power of your resurrection will come unto them i rebuke every form of weakness every every form of backsliddenness in the mighty name of jesus and i declare that the grace of god will abound over them that lord the desire to read the word the desire to pray shall come alive once again i come against every spirit of god over the age that seek after young ones to take away the intimacy, the, the, the relationship that they ought to have with you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, restore them. Restore them to their first love. Restore them to where they first met you, when they will not let you go. I pray, oh God, that the Spirit of the Lord will reside over your people, will call them to have a test and an anger for you, for this generation, oh God, that is fading away. Father, we want to give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. The last area I want to pray for, I want to pray, maybe you are here this afternoon or this morning and you are confused in life. You are not too sure the direction you want to go. At this moment, I just want all of us to stand. I want you to stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Even if you are at a better place in life, I believe it can be better than what you are. But if you are in that crisis at this moment, where you are not sure which direction to go, 
this prayer is for you. You want to pray to God. I believe we are in the third Sunday of the month. And I know that your topic for the month is purpose. You want to find your purpose in life. It's a place where many can be disturbed, distracted. And you are asking the Lord, Lord, touch me. Let my life be meaningful. Let my life be defined. You have a place where you are already beginning to, to be, you know, you are having mental depression. You are, you are at the place where you are beginning to be anxious and worried. The Bible says be anxious for nothing. And this morning, I believe the Holy Ghost wants to touch you. I just want to touch you. I just want to touch you. I just want to touch you. Just, just lift up your voices and begin to pray in the spirit. You want to pray in the spirit. I believe God wants to define and, and settle some people in life. Hallelujah. Just, just reach out. Just reach out to the Lord. 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 Karo Shaturia Baba. Mando Seketele Bronsade Abba. You you are at that place where you feel life is already become meaningless. You it's like whatever you are doing, you are not having fulfillment. You are not being fulfilled. You are troubled in your spirit. You you are troubling in your mind. But the Lord wants to restore you this morning. The Lord wants to bring meaning to your life. The Lord wants to give you, remove that emptiness, remove that, that void, and, and bring you to that place where your life will have meaning. In the name of Jesus. Rambo reach out reach out to the Lord speak to the Lord your tomorrow is going to be greater your tomorrow is going to be greater I hear the Lord say that your tomorrow is going to be greater the Lord is settling some people the Lord is settling some people in the mighty name of Jesus, Paros Shotone Baba, Gentonia Baba, Sutinim. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.